Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon, and this is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed as number nine of 43 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn Sales as one of 15 innovating influencers to follow. In today's episode of Scale Your Sales Podcast, I have a great conversation with a customer retention expert. In fact, she wrote the book on it. And so I really wanted to have a conversation with her because the Scale Your Sales framework focuses all on retention and acceleration. And so it was really interesting to discuss many of the strategies that she uses in order to prevent churn and ensure that the uh, leaders are aligned with the um, front end employees and, and salespeople and some of the tactics that, that she uses. Ali is the CEO of Align Mint Growth Strategies, where companies learn how to prevent customer churn before it starts. Ali's expertise has served Fortune 500 corporations and startups alike. She is also the author of number one best-selling book on customer retention, Keep Your Customers. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Ali Cudby. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. It's wonderful to talk to you. And the first thing I'd like to talk to you about the phrase, the customer is always right. Yeah. In my opinion, that phrase is one of the least helpful things to have entered the business vernacular because the customer is for sure not always right. And these days, especially because customers think that that should be true, it leads to bad behavior. But more importantly, companies have to be able to create boundaries for their for their processes, for their rules and regulations, for their employees to be able to follow. And if the customer is always right, it makes it impossible to hold a line. And that's especially true when management overrides an employee who's trying to hold the line on behalf of the company. So for lots and lots of reasons, the customer is always right is wrong. <laughs> this is interesting because Companies are often internally focused. And so I wonder if there is, you may have a particular experience why it's absolutely out wrong. But I wonder if it's one of those things that helps organizations think more from the customer's perspective, where, you know, if you're thinking the customer's always right, then it might be that you're thinking they have a point, they have an opinion, you know, I need to listen to them as opposed to we're always right, we're always telling you, which has always been the the way that organizations have operated in the past. They're invisible, they're always right. So it does start to change the dynamic um, that you need to consider customers, they need to have a seat at the table, whether you take it by the letter that they're absolutely everything they say is right. I, I, so where is the balance? That's what I'm asking. 
So it's absolutely on uh, on a spectrum, right? And you can't be all customers always right all the time, but you also can't be company is right all the time. The philosophy of my company alignment growth strategies is that you have to focus on making people feel seen, heard, and valued. And that's true for customers. And it's also true for your team. And so if you make customers feel seen, heard, and valued, and that is part of what you prioritize, then by definition, you're going to be customer-centric. And if you make your employees feel seen, heard, and valued, that also means giving them a clear path to success so that they can appropriately guide customers to work within your rules of engagement and appropriately give them support when things get escalated to management. And so it's certainly not, you know, the customer is always right is wrong and, you know, forget those guys, do it your way. It's you have to find that balance where both the customer and the employees are given a path to success. Yeah, yeah. And the example that you led that the the um, customer service employees trying to hold the line and suddenly a manager swoops in and, you know, the customer's all, always right. I mean, isn't that rather than whether the customer's right or wrong, isn't that new with the, um, the processes, the operation within the organization that people don't really know what their roles are they then probably not signed up to the values or not the values haven't been stated so that's why you often have this disconnect between what managers say and what they do and you know what the employees are able to do or feel comfortable doing so isn't that more about the culture the values the strategies and processes within the organization not necessarily the customers it's true um the way that you develop a really great customer experience is by creating clear assistant processes inside your organization and one of the things that we do and that I talk about fairly extensively in Keep Your Customers is developing a, a, a basically a mantra for a customer experience on behalf of the company. So we create mission, vision, and values for the company, but let's also create something that is customer driven. Who do we wanna be on behalf of customers and what's a phrase that we can always guide our team members to um, that will help them think about what is the way that we want to talk to customers? Who do we want to be on behalf of customers? And it is, it's something that we call the bullseye. And by developing this bullseye message, it gives everybody in the company that foundational touchstone to say, okay, if there's this moment of truth with the customer and I need something to guide me, this is my bedrock. This is my, you know, my North Star. Let me throw a couple other uh, metaphors in there. Um, you know, this is the thing that I can always fall back on that will be right um, and I can defend it. And that's really what you want to be able to give your customers. And when you have that internal point and you have those processes, then everybody is aligned on how to engage with the customers in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. And the leadership needs to sign up to that they need to back their employees. 
if the employee is able to explain their methodology and their thinking based on how they've interpreted this mantra, then the leaders need to back that up. Uh, or they need to change the mantra so that everyone understands exactly and they're on the same page. Um, so often it's communication as well, isn't it? And look, reasonable people can disagree. Uh, a, an employee might say, hey, I used the bullseye mantra and I did X, Y, and Z. And a manager may say, okay, I see what you did there. In the future, here's how I might have handled it. So, you know, it's not about making sure that everybody does, you know, like we don't want to create robots. We want people to be thinking. And anytime you're asking people to think and use their judgment and act as professionals, you're going to maybe have people that choose a path that you wouldn't have ideally wanted them to choose. And yeah. you know, that's, that's life. That's business. Um, but this gives you a place to have a really positive and, and you know, I think growth oriented conversation. Yeah, excellent. I love that. So talk to me more about the flywheel for growth in terms of customer retention. Sure. So oftentimes when we think from a sales perspective, we think about that front end of sales. Like how do you land the customer? And that's great. You need to have that. But ultimately, if you're bringing customers in and they're churning out, then every new customer that you're bringing in is filling the revenue slot of somebody who's churned. When you are focusing on retention, then that means that every new customer, their revenue is additive. And not only that, but when you really dial in this customer experience and, and think about that post-sales strategy for retention and growth, those customers that you've already earned, they're growing into a higher level of your products and services. You know, they're, they're upgrading, they're cross-selling, like all of these opportunities to add revenue. And so it does become that flywheel. Instead of having customers come in and go out, and, and oh, by the way, if customers are churning too quickly, then you may have actually served them at a loss to begin with. Now you're making sure that customers are coming in, they're staying to profitability and they're growing and every new sale is the revenue base. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of organizations don't really do that calculation as to, you know, how it, they're looking at net new all the time, but actually not realizing that net new could be loss making. <laughs> It's true. I think that there's been a real emphasis on sales. And when people think sales, they think front end sales and it misses the bigger picture. And, and really, when you look at the revenue potential and the growth potential, it's all in retention. Um, but so many executives historically came up sales and were, you know, the rainmakers and all that. And so, that was their orientation. And I like to think that there's beginning to be a shift um, and a better understanding of the power of retention for you know, revenue, profitability, and growth. Yeah, yeah. Scale Your Sales Framework is all about retention and expansion because, as you say, you can accelerate your sales. Your customers are your best sales force. If you get everything aligned and correct in terms of 
keeping your customers happy not only do they bring in more people not only does that reduce the the cost of 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 sales but also you in terms of your sustainability and long-term revenue it just works it makes makes sense um and it shortens the sales i mean all around we could keep going really it's that how good it is and that's why both you and i kind of focus on the retention um aspects of, of sales so what are the metrics that, that you help your customers to all, uh, understand to really um, get them focused away from the sales net new but more to the uh, customer um uh, success and retention what are the metrics that you generally discuss with your customers so sometimes it's the simple things like customer satisfaction um you know and being able to get ahead of um the the, the downslide that can happen toward churn you want to start thinking about the the triggers that may indicate that churn could be happening as early as possible so that's the negative side of it. But on the positive side, it is looking at things like upsells and cross-sells so that you are seeing that, you know, oh, these customers are adopting and they're gaining into our suite of products and services, whereas others aren't. And, you know, what's going on there and understanding that. Just because somebody isn't buying more doesn't necessarily mean that they're less engaged, though. You know, you can have a smaller customer that is deeply engaged and you're getting the maximum of their share of wallet, even though they may not be a big fish for you. And that's why I also talk about the metric of indirect revenue, where you are really thinking about who is referring and talking about you positively in the marketplace and figuring out how to track and measure that. Because indirect revenue, those those people are bringing business to you and making warm introductions and speaking positively about you out out in the world where you may not necessarily even know about it if you're not looking. That is really key to track and measure so that you can show appreciation and reward those customers and make them feel even more valued. Um, I had a I had a company once come to me. I had said something nice about them out in the world, and they got in touch with me and they said, "Hey, we saw in this blog post that you talked about us in a positive way. Um, thank you so much. Here's a link. Go to our website and get a piece of swag on us. And you know, you pick it, and you know, we'll send it to you." And I thought well, that's really smart. Um, and you know, look, do I need another water bottle? No, I don't. But I absolutely remember that they did that and that they made me feel so appreciated for saying something nice about them that I was going to say anyway. And it goes back to your point about being seen and heard. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's demonstrating that. Costs them nothing, but actually what they've gained on the marketing that you've done for them is enormous, isn't it? Yeah. And you're still talking about them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's actually the, the little details, isn't it? You know, it's often the small things that has the biggest impact. And and I suppose helping uh, customers uh, or buyers understand what are those small things, the things that have 
the biggest impact. And one thing that I talk about is what are the moments that matter most to your customers and understanding that and you, you identify those going through the customer uh, journey. So what are some of the things that you help your your customers uh, uh, do that they're not currently doing now? So one of this is going back to what we were just talking about is identifying moments of celebration. And, you know, they're so easy to skip or to miss, but they do make a big difference. People are inclined to celebrate things like, you know, the holiday season. And I always say, why do that? You know, it's the, in some ways, it's the least interesting time of year to celebrate. It's also the most competitive. Most companies, if they're going to do something celebratory with a customer, they celebrate the holiday when everybody else is doing the same thing. Identify a time and a place either based on your customer's activity or your relationship with them and celebrate that. So what are the things that you can find in the relationship that you make sure that you're celebrating? But also if you want to gift them just for a gift, like gift them for the anniversary of the of when they signed up with you. You know, find something that has to do with your relationship with them rather than the holidays themselves. So that's just one way that um, I guide my customers to engage a little bit differently than I think a lot of companies think about because it's so easy to do and so easy to skip. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I, in fact, Ali, I'm, I might be stealing that one from you. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do love that. And it's really just thinking a little bit out of the box and what's more meaningful to them uh, uh, as well. And again, it goes back to being seen and being heard. So I, I, I do love that example. Okay, so what strategies do you use to optimize the salespeople in uh, in the sales operation? So we focus on developing these playbooks that are cross-functional. And so it really starts bullseye and making sure that everybody sees how their role plays into the customer experience. And when salespeople are more aware of the upside and also their role in that journey. Um, it, they're more inclined to get on board with that. But again, it goes back to what you said earlier about executive involvement. If the executive team holds the, the notion that, oh, no, no, you know, the sales team is precious and they need to be out selling and they don't really have any responsibility for, um, you know, helping to onboard effectively or sure that the right data is captured in whatever tool you have to, you know, for, for customer data, um, you know, because they've got to be out in the, in the field selling. Well, that's not helping the organization. So really integrating the sales team and ensuring that they feel bought into the process. And that can go very much to hiring. And, you know, making sure that who you bring into the organization is bought in culturally and from a, an action perspective to this idea. And it's really all guided in, in my work. It's really all guy ensuring that there are playbooks 
so that everybody in the organization understands clearly and consistently what their piece of the puzzle is for delivering an excellent customer experience. Love that, love that, excellent. Okay, so what one tried and tested strategy would you offer listeners on how to scale their sales? So the one tried and tested strategy for growth is really focusing on what, you know, and we've sort of talked about this, but, you know, what are the clear steps that you want to make sure that everybody follows? And some, it's not about making something complex. It's about making sure it's consistent. So when people, when companies start to develop these, you know, playbooks, when they start to think about like, well, okay, we need to start thinking about what the customer experience looks like so we can retain better retention, retain more effectively so we can scale and grow. They think about like, oh, we need to create something that's best practice. And, and you shouldn't. So my, my biggest strategy for scaling is to start small and grow from success. Um, you know, it is so much more important and so much more valuable to create a few and really embed them and make sure that everybody buys in and uses them and then say, great, this is, this is going well. What else can we do? Otherwise, it's just too easy to create something that collapses under its own weight. And that's yeah. the thing that I see a lot of companies do. That's the mistake I see them make. And also it's building on what you already have by understanding that you're, you know, leveraging what's already there rather than creating something new. Every company has a lot of good, but it has some things that they need to do less of. And sometimes what they do is they want to so much focus on the bad and what they don't want to do, and they forget about the things they are well, and you just need to enhance that. That's where your focus should should be. So I, I, I absolutely get that. I think it's really great. Yeah, it, it goes back to what we were talking about before about making employees feel seen, heard, and valued. If if they end up feeling like, oh, we've been doing it all wrong, that's demoralizing. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. How can we take what we've been doing, tweak it, improve it, and you know, continue? Yeah, love it, love it. All right. So if you were on a desert island on your own, what would be the one thing you took with you? Oh gosh. Um, if I was on a desert island, I would probably need some way to listen to music. Um, no, no, no. You know what? I, I, I take it back. I have seen Survivor too many times. If I was on a desert island, I would bring some like multi tool that would let me start a fire and have, uh, an ability to, to get stuff done. Music, I'll make my own music. Um, <laughs> but I know that it's always a matter of like, how do you start that fire? <laughs> You've been watching Survivor. <laughs> yeah, there'll be lots of um, coconuts and things that you can actually start making music. But yeah, Survivor is really about whether I'm going to continue. Fantastic. And um, so how can listeners get hold of you, Ali? Sure. So they can find me on my website, alignmentforgrowth.com. Um, it's align mint because when something is awesome, it's in mint condition. And when you have a lot of ROI, you make a mint. Mm -hmm. um, so alignmentforgrowth.com and then find me on LinkedIn, um, either me personally or the company. And then, of course, the book is available wherever books are sold. Keep your customers. 
Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for being a guest on Scale Yourselves podcast. Thank you for sharing your your insights. I'll put the, the link to the book in, in the show notes. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, that's it. Fantastic. Great. Yes. Well done. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs> me too. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's so much fun when it's like a rapport and you're bouncing yeah. off of each other. Exactly. And I love what, you know, you have to say because, you, you know, you you focus on retention and so many people that I talk to, it's all that's still traditional, all about sales, all about sales, you know. You know, yeah. it's not that sales are like, you got to have them, but if yeah. you don't keep them, then what the heck are you doing? It's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. But I think it's difficult for people to get out of that, you know, we need to sell when you're a startup. Absolutely. That's your focus. You need to get customers. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, at least we have lots of work to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> All right. You take care. Thank you very Thanks. much, Ali. Thank you. Talk Bye. to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.